Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Jamusemeche. At She Brigade, we aim to empower by aspiring to storytelling. On this show, we chat to different phenomenal women around South Africa, and we dive into their stories and journeys that have led them to where they are today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Brigade. Today on the show, we have Cabello Matala. Cabello has her honors in business management and is currently working towards a master's in business and marketing. Mm-hmm. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cabello was a program manager for the Standard Bank Incubator, in which during that time, she initiated four business accelerator programs, taking on 120 women-owned businesses, mm-hmm. 90% of which were black-owned. Um, she's passionate about empowering women in business and I really want to talk about that today. That's actually, I love that. Um, Currently, she's working as a product owner um, at Standard Bank. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, Happy to be here, actually. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So we like to start from the beginning here. Sure. Take us back to the beginning. Who is Gabelo? Where did you start? And what has led you to be who you are today? Sure. Okay. That's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, But I guess, I don't know. I think... I think God's grace in all of it. That's how I would sum it up in the sense that um, I was born to a teenage mom Mm. type of thing. And then uh, like I have vivid memories of her in school uniform. So my grandmother was actually uh, my first mother. Unfortunately, I lost her last year. But it's one of those, um, yeah, she got married. My mom got married. We moved up to Joburg. Our dad brought us to Joburg, grew up in Hillbrow for the longest of time, since I was eight years old, I think, till till matric. Mm. I was in Hillbro. I walked to school. Um, I went to Joburg Girls Prep. And then from Joburg Girls Prep, I actually got a scholarship to Rodin, a school that I didn't actually know. Um, so and how did everyone, you get the scholarship? So um, it was through, there was this, it's called the Student Sponsorship Program. Mm. And um, you kind of write this big test at WITS with like a whole lot of other grade sevens. And then um, you get selected out of that. I think oh. there was like 3,000, 2,000 people. And they in our class, they selected about 56 oh, wow. people. And then they put you all in different schools are in and around Joburg. Mm. Um, and then I was allocated to Rodin with like four other girls. And yeah, so that's how I got the scholarship. And then, um, yeah, then from Rodin, I went to the University of Pretoria. Then that's oh, when I did my, yes. <laughs> and then that's where I did uh, my undergrad and uh, my honors. So I guess in terms of where did I start, what happened, all of that, I think I've got very, I'm rooted in the sense that um, Jane Fair's home, Limpopo is home. Um, my parents never really, um, my parents, I guess, middle income, uh, middle income household, they never really gave us anything that we didn't need. Everything was based on what do you need for this moment? And, um, also even like being rooted in my own language, which for me is part of my heritage that, um, when I go home, like, I don't even mince my words type of thing. And, for me, I think that that bit of humble humility, um, upbringing, but also being exposed to like a world of routine where I get to meet people who come from really, really influential families. So a little bit of a contradiction in my upbringing mm. in the sense that being exposed to all these different roles um, has kind of helped me become who I am today in the sense that I'm quite resilient. 
I can get into any space and literally be comfortable. So yeah, that, I think that's how I got you. I think okay. that's me. <laughs> so so why did you decide to study business management? I really um I had I had dreams of just becoming a businesswoman and I didn't know. And I think without having entrepreneurs or like super business people in the family, um, I just I, I used to read quite a lot of magazines. I'm a big fan of Destiny magazine and it used to exist. Yeah. You know. Um I just thought, okay, I want to be a powerhouse. I want to be a businesswoman. So what is it that I'm going to do in order to understand that? And that's how I got into business. And I think we were one of the first groups at the University of Pretoria to actually do BCom Entrepreneurship. My second option was accounting. But when I got into BCom Entrepreneurship, I totally enjoyed it. Mm. I totally loved it. Um, It's been great. And I get asked all the time, why did you study entrepreneurship and you you went into corporate? I'm like, you know. Actually, it's interesting. It's a bit like, almost like a contradiction. but A little bit. In the sense that, for me, I always say that, well, I am I'm, I'm a taught entrepreneur because in the sense that I didn't get the the exposure to entrepreneurship at an early age where yeah. like my family has a business or, or anything like that. But um I had to learn it. And I remember we had this debate even in our entrepreneurship class, are entrepreneurs made or are they born? Um and I think you can teach um entrepreneurship. Mm. Um in the same way that for me, yes, I might not have gone straight into starting my own business, but I got into corporate and I displayed um entrepreneurial entrepreneurial kind of skills, which has been loosely termed as like entrepreneurship, where you get into a space or a department and you completely run with it mm. um, as though you were running your own business. And I think a lot more corporates are looking for that. Yeah, so yeah. It, it it just makes sense. And it, for me, I guess it's also one of those, we shouldn't box ourselves. We shouldn't just be like, oh, I studied this, therefore I'm going to go and do a role as that. And I like that it exposed me to commerce um, the sense that I did a bit of marketing, I did ecos, I did uh, business management, mm-hmm. did HR. So I kind of understand the business runnings. What 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 are the things that you need for a business to function? Um, so yeah, so that's how I studied entrepreneurship. Okay, so you did your degree and yeah. then well, and your honors as well, and then you you started to start working. So yes. how was that going into the working world? It was great. Um, my man, my first manager was amazing. She she was quite strict, uh. Uh, but she taught me a lot. She was very strict. She was, I think, we were, she was four years my senior. Um, so young lady, we were running the business, we we're doing great things, um, but she was really really strict. And and I think at twenty three years old when I started working, maybe I wasn't as confident as I needed to be, uh, or. I got in and I was confident at some things and I felt like she was pulling me back a little bit. But that also taught me that, you know, sometimes you need to have a voice regardless of who is coming into your space. What are they mm-hmm. doing? Remember your own voice, because at the end of the day, that's the only voice that's going to count. So um, I would say even now, six years later in Standard Bank, for me, um, I've had a good foundation in the sense that I've been in different areas, um, I've gotten into corporate, I've networked very well. Um, and I think that's how I've managed to stay in one organization, but not do the same thing year to year mm. type of thing. So that for me has been um, quite the the interesting part, actually. It's been really amazing. Okay. And your role as um, 
the program manager for Standard Bank Incubator. Yeah. How did that come about? And tell us a bit about the work that you did. Okay, cool. So um, the role, I think I did that in my fourth year, fifth year in the bank. Um, that came about, so Standard Bank had the Standard Bank Incubator. And they were looking for, we had a bit of a restructure. They were looking for program managers. And I think for me, getting into the incubator was almost coming full circle. And I yeah. say almost because I don't think I've come full circle yet. Um, in the sense that now I had studied entrepreneurship, mm. but now I could be an enabler of entrepreneurship. Again, I feel like my academic background kind of made me a good kind of person to be that enabler. I understood. I could understand why businesses were doing certain things. I they, Some of the entrepreneurs the entrepreneurs actually even came to me to say, Gabelo, I'm trying to do this. What can I do? And all, my responsibility is just to represent the bank. It's just mm. to, to run the um, the programs and to do, make sure that all the things, that Standard Bank could achieve the mandates around what they, the plans for the incubator. But I think it ended up being a bit more than that in the sense that I was assigned to the right portfolio. Um it was a very busy portfolio. It was it was huge. We did conferences. We ran the programs, as you mentioned. Um, we exposed women. We took them to World um, World uh, Web Summit in Portugal in 2017. Oh. Um, we did quite a lot. I think uh, it was a busy time. I was also already I had already enrolled for my masters, so it was a bit of a a really really, really busy time of my life, but yeah. um, also a very fulfilling time in the sense that I got to quickly understand how do you, as a corporate, show up for people that you say you want to show up for? So corporates will often say, yes, we will show up for these people. We yeah, will they're do always this. talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, all the time. It's, uh. it's in every strat document, <laughs> every reporting. Mm. Um, and I was then an enabler. So I needed to make sure that it actually gets done. Yeah. That when they report on it, it's actually something that is factual. It's something that can be backed up by evidence. Mm. Um, and I think it was an honor. It was a, it was a privilege actually, because you realize how many people you just impact. And I didn't have, I, I can't say I had the resources, but the bank had the resources and trusted me to kind of carry it forward mm. and um, ensure that we, we we were engaging and impacting people's lives through that. So really a fulfilling time, really um, something for me that I'll always cherish in the sense that I've met quite a lot of people. I've networked with those ladies. Um, to this day, some of them will message me and say, okay, Kabbalah, I need this. Thing. Can you help me? And I'll be like, cool. And I've become that person now. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an enabler. I'm a connector. I link people. So, yeah, I think that's where I found my purpose. Okay. So I was actually, like, I was discussing you with my sister, who is an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> it. And we just, like, I was asking her, like, as an entrepreneur, what would you want to know? And she was just saying, like, what are some of the challenges that you've observed with women, not just starting their own businesses, but even after they've started, remaining in business? What have you observed, like, in your experience? Hmm, sure. That's, I guess, I've, my approach with working with the women was always not to judge. Mm. In the sense that, so personally, I don't have kids. I'm not running my own business full time. And I think sometimes as corporates, we expect 
the entrepreneur to come prepared with everything absolutely to the T because we've put in measures that we need this so that it can work for certain reporting. Yeah. But you have to understand that these people run their businesses on a day-to-day basis, um, especially if you're still in the startup kind of phase where you haven't gotten all your ducks in a row yet, but you need money. And then Standard Bank says, well, I need you to show me your balance sheet. I need you to show me your annual financial statements. And I'm just like, no, we can't We can't be showing up like that. So as a corporate, I want to say, how do, we, how do we show up better? How do we show up at a point of need rather mm. than at a point of we have other things to do? So I think... Um, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily answering the question correctly, but because I was also learning, I've decided that I don't, I don't judge entrepreneurs for where they are at, but I'd rather meet you at your point of need, but also show up in the correct day. And if I'm not able to help, I'm always ready to be like, listen, we're actually not there yet. I can't make that decision, uh, but I can link you up with someone. Yeah. Um, I can introduce you to someone. Why don't you partner with someone? So I'm always saying, like, I might not have all the answers, but I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll link you up. I'll or do someone, something. Or you, you'll, you'll link someone up with someone who might have the answers. Exactly. Instead, yeah. All the time. Because I, I don't, I'm not a blocker. I'm not going to... Um, sit on answers or sit on information i'll give you the information but i know that i don't have everything and entrepreneurs need a lot of support entrepreneurs need um sort of the mentorship aspect uh but also the, the access to markets like yes we've got great ideas we've got great businesses but where are our markets how do we locate our markets how do we get to them in a way that makes sense to them and seeing that corporates have these um sort of value chains or what I'd say partners within like suppliers and things mm. like that. And it's it's that for me, that that space that's still not transformed yet in the sense that it's not easy to do business with a corporate. Mm. You, there's literally like so many hoops that you need to jump. And I'm just saying that it's how, how long is it going to take us to get to a point where it's easy to do business with corporates yeah. for entrepreneurs? That, for me, that's what I'd like to see ideally. And I hope um, as I'm going through my own career journey that I could be a part of something that says this is how corporates are influencing the way that we start making it easy for small businesses yeah. to get into the space as well. Okay, because I was listening to a podcast during the week, actually, I don't know if you know it. It's it's lessons with Lebola and oh yeah 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 I know so, Lebo, I yeah know Nicolette. So she, yeah she had Nicolette on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saying, I haven't listened to the full thing yet. Yeah. Are, so on that one, Nicolette was saying, you know, people are always saying we need more entrepreneurs, we need more entrepreneurs, and she was like, we don't need more entrepreneurs. We have enough. We need to enable them. We need to create a sustainable environment for them to, to thrive in. Exactly. It's not about getting more entrepreneurs. We have their right here. I completely How do we agree. help them? I completely agree because also um, if you have all these entrepreneurs making products, providing services, and they don't have a market. Mm. And literally, so mm. for us in, in the incubator space, there were three things that we realized. that um, Entrepreneurs need access to funding. Um, uh, they need access to mentorship but they also need access to markets. Funding, mentorship are very easy to get in the sense that there's all these sort of programs and supply development, yeah. budget and stuff. But how do you connect me to a customer? And not a customer that's just for a once-off, but sustainable 
sort of income, mm. sustainable customers that can provide an income for the business, because that's where we're struggling. We're not, we're not, we're not selling more. We're not, um, we're not providing more services. We're just kind of doing once off here and there. Yeah. And this is why it's seeming less and less attractive for people to become entrepreneurs and they're less and less um, demotivated to become entrepreneurs because they know it's hard. And yes, entrepreneurship is hard besides everything else. But if you don't have a market, then why do you exist as mm. a business? Um, so I completely agree. I don't think, I, I think it's a balance. I think yes. we, we need the access to markets. We need to grow um, the amount of entrepreneurs that we have in the sense that what services are we actually providing? What are the things that are working? What are the things that aren't working? Yeah. So that people can keep reiterating and saying, okay, cool, maybe we shouldn't do it this way. Maybe we should do it that way. Because in that space, that's when the solutions come out. Mm. Um, but the access to markets one is a critical one. And because um, our economy is kind of dependent on like the big corporates, the JSEs and all of that, it's, it's, it's on these corporates to kind of, open up, open up a bit more. Like literally people speak about open up the industry within like the arts and yeah, media the and everything. Yeah. But I think they, we need like a corporate open the industry yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Okay. And, and and what would you say to like someone who is, like you're saying, it's, 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 it's hard to even try to get into the entrepreneurship world because you know how hard it is. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who's trying to get into like a woman trying to be an entrepreneur to get into I wouldn't give them advice. <laughs> I just <laughs> pray for them. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I think, I think be prepared. Mm. Be prepared. I, I, I always say like entrepreneurship is not glamorous. Mm. It's not fancy. It's not Instagrammable. It's one of those it's things. It's not Instagrammable. <laughs> it's, not, it's one of those things. And I think there's a few entrepreneurs, good business people that are making it look like um, it's fancy. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily driving the right message. Um, I think we need more people to tell the real stories about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur so that we can respect our entrepreneurs a bit more. Mm. I think if we did that, we would respect entrepreneurs a bit more. I think we'd give them an opportunity. I think we would be willing to listen. I think we'd spare time because we just think, oh no, she's doing something that she likes. So, and she's doing following something. Following her passion. She's following her passion. No, you talk about passion, yeah. passion, passion. Exactly. No, <laughs> guys, entrepreneurship is not glamorous. And for me, I think that that irks me. That, yeah. that literally, it gets to me in the sense that, guys, no, it's it's not glamorous. Your, your invoices are not being paid. You've got bonds to pay for. You've got accounts to pay for and You've got employees sometimes yeah, exactly people. and the bank is taking 30 days to pay you or mm. the government is taking however many days to pay you mm. and it's 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 for me do you understand who this person is do you understand who this business is because if you understood that if you understood how hard it was and maybe you'd have a bit of appreciation and maybe you'd you'd you dedicate yourself a bit more to just helping them. I mean, like I said, people always talk about this entrepreneurship thing. We're going to support entrepreneurs. Yeah. The department of small enterprises will come in and say, we're going to do this, but do we know these people? Um, and mm. things like that. So I, I, I think I'd say that um, it's okay. It's not glamorous. Entrepreneurship is not glamorous. If you are an entrepreneur and you're going into business, it's okay. We And I understand. I'm not sure. I think I want to put a, a few more people to understand that, that it's not glamorous um, and and that 
we can respect entrepreneurs a bit more. Yeah, I should probably like deserve. get more entrepreneurs on the show to tell these stories, eh? I think you should. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to do I that. I think you should. If you find time in their diaries. Yeah. Because again, <laughs> it's like they're managing their own Amazing. time. And, yeah, managing everything themselves. Yeah. Uh, but there's good, good, good entrepreneurs there who are, for me, impacting the economy, impacting how we, even as black youth, um, are attracted to, you know, what opportunities can I create? Yeah. I mean, as in corporate are now um, speaking about multiple streams of income and things like that. So almost all of us have a side hustle. Yeah, entrepreneurship is like almost becoming a need at this stage. Like exactly. You can, we we work in corporate, but yeah, yeah. you no. need your side hustle. Exactly. Because there, yeah. no, you, you definitely do. So I guess we are like, what moonlighting <laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. just, I've just um registered well it's been registered for a while um a pr company as well oh. so that's what i'm getting into given like my marketing background and stuff what what made so, you do that um again I've, I've always wanted to do these things and i think i've i've sort of played around with a few ideas yeah. I, I always said that the reason why i haven't started a business is because i'm not sure what i want to do uh and yeah last year sometime someone needed um a bit of pr for their business and i was like okay cool i'll do that mm-hmm. i know a few people um i'll link you up i'll put you on radio uh, might possibly put you on TV. I'll help you with your social media. And yeah, I've had that client for a year now. Oh, wow. So yeah, and then I think I got two You've or three more You've been saying clients. this whole time, <laughs> you're not an entrepreneurship, yet you literally have clients. No, the, the biggest part of this has been being the enabler part. And I think I'm just getting into it I a mean, bit more. you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> No, respect to the real entrepreneurs. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So, well, we all yeah, start somewhere. We do. Yeah. We definitely do. We definitely do. And I think, um, yeah, if I dedicate a bit more time, I am going to be dedicating a bit more time now that I'm done with school. Oh, um, you done now? I actually got my letter on Friday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so I much. I must update the thing. Okay. I was yeah, like I'm currently pursuing. <laughs> no, I must also update my LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm completely officially done with my oh, master's. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was also, yeah, quite a hectic journey. Mm. But it was it was good learning as well. It was good learning. Okay. Cool. Uh, okay, so can you tell us a bit about some of the Highlights and lowlights of your journey. Highlights and lowlights. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, let me quickly think about this one. Um, highlights, lowlights. I guess highlights for me is the Rodine part. It's amazing what a name of a school can do for you. Like being in a certain school. Yeah. And this is why I'm like, I want my kids to go to a private school, guys. I just I need them to be in that network i need them to mm-hmm. to be able because you can either hate from the outside or like be in it and try and influence and type of things so i think for me that the the highlight has been being part of that network uh, because it actually does open you up um to opportunities that maybe you wouldn't get if you were at another school yeah. um i think the contradictions of my upbringing were some at a point, at a low light, in the sense that, oh God, like why me, type of thing. But um, now I've become, I've, I've come to embrace that journey. Mm. I've, I've come to, to, to look in the mirror and be okay 
and say, no, you've done well, babes, like you're okay, mm. type of thing. Mm. Um, from a career perspective, yeah, I think I've missed our, so at the bank, we've got this um, mark of excellence, like big um award for like a p- top performer and stuff i've been nominated twice for oh that. wow i haven't won it yet i'm working on a project now that i think should put me in that pool right okay. again <laughs> um so yeah i think i'm always i'm always aiming to like do a bit more to like always shine mm. to always um be there so that it's very easy to be forgotten here like it's very easy yeah. to like fall into the background and i don't do very well in the background so <laughs> um yeah low lights um sure i'm struggling to think of one but i think the thing is you learn in your low lights right um there was a time in my career where um, because of my relationship with my then manager, I was ready to quit. I was like, actually, babes, I'm done. Like, I'm <laughs> getting out of here. Um, but when that period ended and I was kind of in the new area, I was meeting new people, and even going forward up to this day, and I'm sure going into the future as well, now I know what I will not accept from people. Yeah even if you're my line manager, like I'm very straight. I'm very like, listen, I don't work this way. I can't be micromanaged. Um, I don't want to be micromanaged. I've got ideas actually that I want to see come to fruition. So I, I, ever since then, I've, I kind of establish if I'm going into an area, I already established the, the, the sort of rules of engagement yeah. with whoever I'm going to be working mm. with. So I've learned a lot out of that. So I don't see it as a, low light necessarily but as a, a a learning point yeah and and yo i've become so much stronger after that like i'm just like i'm very straightforward and people you know as a black girl and maybe as a girl in corporate or as a woman in corporate um sometimes people don't expect you to be outspoken yeah sometimes people don't expect you to challenge and when you do, they kind of take it aback, like oh flip she can talk wow she's got an opinion type of thing and i think some there are days where I'm just like, oh, I wish I wasn't this person because it, it can be quite tiring at times. Yes. It can be quite exhausting. Um, mm. But but I've, I've become so comfortable in my own skin and that like it, it phases me for a second and then I'm, I'm moving on. Like, yeah, we, we encourage women to fight and to push mm. and it's always you need to go. But yeah. like... People don't really acknowledge that is tiring. It is. It's exhausting. Oh, dude. It's like, <laughs> why do we always have to fight? Why do we always have to fight? And why do we always have to prove a what, point? You know? And I've come to a point where, like, now um, I've had like a few guy line managers and we'll have a challenge and stuff. And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll sort it out. Mm. And then someone will call them and be like, yo, you know, Camilo did this, this, this. I'm like, sorry. So was that person escalating? What do you say? Was I wrong? I wasn't wrong. Um, and uh, the other day, the, the line manager said, no, actually, he'll never do that again. I'm no. like, exactly. Why would you? So he was trying to, like, show off in a meeting. Um in a Gabriel, I asked your team to do this, 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 this. And I'm like, but I've already given you that update. Why are you asking this again? Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm just putting a bit of pressure. I'm like, we don't need that pressure. No. <laughs> You've already told us. My team has already prioritized this. What do you want? And I did it in the open forum because I'm like, 
why do you think it's okay mm. for you to be calling me out in inverted commas because actually you're asking me things that I've already told yeah. you that this entire forum already knows. And it's in those kind of situations where people expect you to buckle down and you're just like, no, actually I'm here. I'm here and I'm going to speak up for myself. And when I went back and told my manager about it, he's like, actually, yeah, you're right. He'll never do that again in a meeting. And mm. I'm like, I'm glad. He better not. <laughs> he better not. <laughs> he better not. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Um, a bit of, I don't see low lights as such, but the highlights have been have been great. The networks, the people I've met, um, friends, colleagues, um, leaders, mentors. I've mm-hmm. made quite a few mentors in the bank as well. And just through the work that I've done because it it, it goes over, above and beyond the bank. Um, so, yeah, I've met great people. So it's been a well-balanced journey, I think. Okay. Yeah. And maybe who, who are – it's like a random question. Can you name, like, three people who have been the most influential to you? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, The most influential. Yeah. So I surround myself with a lot of people. And I think for the longest time, um, I didn't even have a best friend because my closest friend, like I said, she's my closest friend, but she's not my best friend because I don't believe in putting people on that kind of level. Um, But I've met... Yeah, so it doesn't have to be people I've met, right? No, so, it doesn't have to be. Um, um, Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In, has, mm-hmm. the book for me has been a great influence. Yeah. I try to read it almost every, for the last year, yeah, for the last two years, I've read it in January just to oh, set myself start, set up, yeah, tone, yeah, set the tone for the year. And for me, I like the agendas that are put in that book mm-hmm. and announced in that book in the sense that, um, I can live it out. I can, I can, t- I can read it and then close the book and go and live it out. So, Cheryl mm. Sandberg. Um, uh, who else? I think the executives that I've met in the bank. Um, yeah, I can't name all of them, but I've seen great leaders, pockets of great leadership. That mm. I'm just like, yeah, actually, this is great. People who will put you on without expecting anything without guys who are just like, listen, I want you to thrive. I really want you to do really, really well. Um, so those, the, yeah, the, the, the execs in the bank, I've met quite a few male execs and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but like, I think I've engaged more with the male execs than I have with the female execs. And I'm not sure if it's that break or divide or something around the different pressures that we face in corporate, especially as women. Uh, but yeah, I guess most of them has just been males. Um, I think it's so weird because I think my little sister is influencing me a bit more these days. Okay. And it's, is she influencing me or is she putting pressure on me? I'm not too sure. <laughs> a, bit <of> both. <laughs> yeah, a bit of both because I want to, I want to set an example for her. Um, and she she asks she asks a lot, but I also don't want her to be compared to me. Um, I don't want me to be her sort of standard because she can go beyond. She can do whatever she likes. So she's influencing me in the sense that I'm a bit more conscious about how I show up when I'm with her, when I'm with um, her friends, yeah. um, 
when when I speak to her, how do I speak to her? Because I want her to be successful. I want her to, to be great. I want her to live her life to the best of potential. I don't think that given how our parents were raised um, and, you know, people always say like they'll influence their own kids, but I have a little sister and a little yeah. brother. Um, I don't think I have, I don't, I don't necessarily have to wait until I have my own kids to start saying, actually guys, we can talk. Because, you know, culture of talking is not necessarily there in our black families. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm there with my list. I'm like, let's talk. What do you want to talk about? What's going on at school? Um, there's a reason why I don't want you to have a phone right now, but you will get it. And if I make a promise, I'll keep it. But if you make a promise to me, I also want you to keep it. So I'm also teaching a little bit of accountability. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy. It's not easy, but... Those little influences, like we're saying, that sometimes people are watching you and you don't even know. And for me, um, I I feel that my little sister is watching me. Um, I see it sometimes. She'll be like, oh, we are twins. I'm like, I'm not your twin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your twin. But the fact that she's thought about yeah. it for me is like, okay, she wants to, she, there's something that she's wanting to get out. Mm. Um, mm. I hope it's something good she's gonna get out so yeah. yeah she's become quite she just turned 17 in august okay. she's become quite the my baby in the sense yeah. <laughs> type of thing and i just want her to do really really well so yeah i guess those are three kind of groupings of people that influence me okay and um, so i always ask all of my guests this question sure um so my favorite quote is be who you needed when you were younger oh yeah I love that, and it's yeah. kind of what I try to live by. I try mm. to think about who I was when I was younger and who I needed in the world. Oh right? yeah, I, try, I want to be that. Oh, that person. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, be yeah. who you needed when you were younger. Yeah. Um. So I, I ask all of my guests this question. Yeah, yeah. If you could go back and talk to the younger Tabelo, mm-hmm. what would you say to her? Um. I think one of um the questions that you sent me for prep was um. Uh, a message to your younger self. Yes, so I guess <laughs> this will answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I read it quickly? Yes, yes. Um, so I wrote this to my 15-year-old self. Um, and it says, I want you to know that you're deserving of your place in, the world, in this world. The spaces you occupy, be it in school, in your family, where you live, are all just where you need to be, good or bad. There's a bigger picture at play. Take deep breaths. You don't know it yet, uh, but Romans 8.28 says that all things work out for the good of those who love the Lord. You will love the Lord. So for me, that's it. That's 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 my message to a younger self, that take deep breaths. I think I was a bit more stressed and not confident and always worrying about things. Um, but I, when I was writing this letter, I was just thinking, chill, babes. <laughs> chill, just... Just yeah. relax. You're doing. You're already doing well. Um, and I mean, at 15, I did want to quit Rodine because of the pressures of being in such a contradictory environment. Mm. Um, but I think if I had just relaxed, I probably would have taken a bit more in. But um, even in spite of that, I still got a lot out. I yeah. still, I still gave of myself, and I still got a lot. Um, back and um, it's been real it's been real so 15 like who who could I be at this age in my life for me when I need it um, as a younger person I think I'll just be a best friend to myself mm. just be kind to yourself yeah. Carola, just relax don't worry too much about it because 
the fact that I'm still here today it means that it's still gonna be okay. Mm. Still gonna be okay. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was I was talking about this with my friend the other day about how a lot of the guests that come on the show when it comes to this question it usually is about whether it's slowing down calm down yeah relax don't worry don't worry we're so anxious here. It's, it's, we really are i mean i should probably get someone here to talk about anxiety like we're so you know we're rushing yeah. and, we're, and there's so much we put so much pressure on ourselves it, we do but i think mm. especially when we're young exactly exactly i think um and pressures come from different places yes. right so it could be the pressure to get out of Hillbro, um, the pressure to be in the school and do well, even and not though, be looked down on, and not be looked down on mm. because even though my parents are not the ones that are contributing to the astroturf or to something, because in in these environments, like different things work. Like merit is one thing, but the other <laughs> things, wow, they really you know, play, yeah, um, the and then play. getting to tax and saying, okay, cool. So my scholarship continued until my um till my undergraduate until I okay. completed my undergraduate degree. So I was like, I need I need to be here for the three years and do this degree because if if I fail, I'm not sure what the backup plan is. Yeah. So the, uh, failure is not an option. Mm. And that's why people are like I wasn't I wasn't social in 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 Rodin because I couldn't I couldn't get into those like my dad didn't understand this pick you up, pick you up from where, babes? Like, <laughs> oh, why? Yes. No, it's, it's very chill at home. Go and play at the park if you need to. So I didn't socialize a lot. And I think when I got to varsity as well, I, I socialized a bit more, but maybe almost like in a safe way because I was there to just push record time. I was I was literally like, guys, I don't have time. Like, like you <laughs> I need, need to work. To, I need yeah, to get this. Yeah. So, that again, that pressure. Um, I'm not sure if I had just chilled a bit more, um, but still worked out. I, I think it, as a young person, it's always hard to strike that balance. And it's okay that now um, you've done, you've put in all the work. Mm. And now, now at this point, um, be conscious of taking those deep breaths. And maybe, because sometimes we need to put in the work. Yeah. And to put in the work, but we need to, we need to make sure that we're okay adults. And mm. we're not just under pressure, just mm. speeding through and things like that. Um, and being able to, I guess, pressure also comes from, like, family. And being able to put those people aside as well. Just be mm. like, no, mom, not today. Like, I actually, I can't deal. Yeah. <laughs> I actually can't deal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think me, yeah. Mm. But but the the whole mental mental illnesses, mental awareness. Um, I always say people must do like self-checks and stuff and be be okay to admit that you're not you're not okay. And um, don't hide it. But I see, I mean, with social media influence and all of that, people will always hide it, I guess. But I hope that um, people will find their way mm. in a sense. So, yeah, it's a lot. Okay. Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> okay, wow. Thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you so so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, if people wanna get in touch with you, contact you, how, like, where are you active? Um, a few people actually like just inbox me. I'm at Cabello Global on Instagram. And Why are you Cabello Global? So one day I was chilling and I was like, you know, I need to brand myself, and where do I wanna go? You know, where yeah. do I actually want to go? And even though I didn't know what I wanted to do, I always said, 
I want to be global. I want to be a global brand. I want to be exposed to the world. I haven't traveled as much as I want to. Mm. I want to be exposed to like the business, the, the economy of other countries and stuff. So that's why I'm Gabelo Global. I'm putting it out there that, ah. you know, one day I'll get to <laughs> okay. being Gabelo Global who's been to all the different who's, continents yeah, and stuff. Actually global. That's yeah, actually nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, and it has stuck, eh? Okay? Yo, like, it has stuck <laughs> in a way that I'm also surprised. And I'll keep it there for for um as long as I can in the sense that, I mean, I'll, I think um, there was one time in the incubator, someone came through and was like, yeah, you're Camilla Global, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Actually, Nicolette, because um, I had my birthday party, Nicolette gave me a card. It said, dear Camilla Global. I'm like, friend, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's become my brand now. Okay, so, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, sorry, I actually interrupted you. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's at Camilla Global on Twitter, at Camilla Global on Instagram, Camilla Matala on Facebook. And yeah, so those are my handles. If you give me there, then maybe we might get to numbers and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, Bilo. This was really, really great. Um, I think you're doing really, really great work in the wow. sense that you're enabling conversations. Um, I always say that our history is not necessarily documented. I studied history in, in matric. Um, well, yeah, um, till matric. And it's so sad how our history as black people is not documented mm. accurately. It's not documented properly so that we can follow it. Mm. But I think we're in a generation now, given all the technology that we have to record things. And I'm hoping that um, this type of content will outlive us yeah. um, so that other people can also learn. Cause I'm sure the generations will, coming after us will also have their own challenges but hopefully when they look back and they consult this kind of content they'll get something out of it or they'll find a sense of identity out of it yeah so yeah thank you so much for contributing to history basically i don't know what to say i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> I'm, I'm here to interview you not the other way <laughs> well well <laughs> okay thank you no thank you this is hello awesome. thank you so much Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like this episode, take a screenshot and share it with us on Instagram or Twitter at SheBrigade. Don't forget to leave us your feedback by giving us a rating and review on iTunes. See you on the next episode. Bye.